No road is too long with good company. Turkish proverb. He's kind of crazy. What's up, everybody? You know, uh, you know the deal. The Silver Linings Playcast. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, and this is the only uh, podcast you know. You know. Um, wow. Today was a real gut punch, so uh, we're pretty pretty lucky that I'm got myself together to do this at all, so let's just dive right in. Pat hadn't been on a first date in seven years. Longer, actually. He still wasn't sure how long he'd been in the hospital. He had his discharge papers, but refused to believe that it could have even been five years earlier that he started his journey of involuntary self-recovery. He felt old and tired. He was only 47, and yet it felt like he had spent a lifetime chasing his silver lining. He'd been beaten down so many times, and no one would have blamed him if he had just given up at this point. He wasn't giving up on life. He was just tired. Actually, it had been seven years. It was more like two. He'd met Tiffany over dinner at his friend Ronnie's house. Where unbeknownst to him, he was being set up with Ronnie's wife's sister. What a mess. What a glorious mess. Pat still got facts confused. His memory just wasn't what it used to be. Perhaps that was his saving grace. He'd experienced so much bad fortune that his brain was literally trying to protect itself by misremembering traumatic experiences. Veronica was Ronnie's wife. Tiffany was Veronica's sister. They'd gone on a date shortly after that. Pat and Tiffany, that is. It had sort of been a date. It was a meeting that they had after an initial meeting, which Pat had found completely confusing at the time. In retrospect, maybe his first date hadn't been a date. None of that mattered now. Tiffany had left him. The woman who he thought would save him from his memory. The one person that showed him how to love again had loved him and then left. Some people might be devastated, and for the first few months, Pat was devastated. Now he was just there, existing. He locked the door to the house he only knew as their house and looked at the brass numbers that hung on the green barrier, now keeping him outside from what only served as a museum to his misery. He walked down the path to the street, placed the key in the mailbox, and closed it. He affixed a handwritten note with a single piece of tape to the outside of the box. If you're reading this, I'm the former owner of this domicile. I'm no longer in need of it, and I'm leaving it to whoever finds this note. The house is paid for, and the deed is on the kitchen counter. May it give you more happy memories than it gave me. Pat didn't like the last line. There were happy memories in the house. I had given him many. Most of them happy. All of them. Except the last one. He tried to scratch out the last line, rubbing his fingernail onto the paper, hoping the ink was still wet enough to smudge it. It wasn't. He tore the bottom of the sheet off, balled it up, and threw it into the street. He turned to look at the house one more time. The house that he'd never see again. Pat cinched the saddlebags to his dyna, threw one leg over, and turned it on. The loud rumble of the machine deafened out the noise from the world. And with it, Pat's thoughts. 
The handlebars vibrated in Pat's hand. He tightened his grip and let the small motions connect him to the machine. He raised the kickstand and started off for the West Coast. For those that have never traveled this way, the sensation is indescribable. It's like flying free in the most controlled way ever. There is a connection between man and motion that is unlike any type of vehicle. Maybe a horse would be the closest, but riding a horse is still asking something else to do as you please. Pat's dyna was like an extension of him. Maybe it's because you're only as far off the ground as you would be if you were standing. Maybe it's because the machine responds to your every moment, every movement, every gesture. gesture, gesture. It's like making love with speed itself. And then there's the speed. Oh, there's the speed. At 630 pounds dry, it's all engine. There's faster machines, though none of them compared to Pat's. A sports bike could easily outclock him off the line. Pat wasn't racing a sports bike. He was racing the past. In fact, he wasn't racing the past. He was riding towards the future, one last silver lining. The way it always should have been, he and the road. The way it had been before. He still loved Tiff. He always would. He was a fool to think that the love from another person could heal his self-inflicted wounds. As soon as she'd tend to them, he'd cut more. So he found himself on the road. A weekend, he'd already made it halfway down the coast. He drove through Jersey, D.C., made it to Richmond, and then detoured through the North Folk Beach area. His family had summered there when he was young. Dolores loved the beach and, his fa- and the shopping. Patrizia didn't want to be too far from a sports bar, and little Pat and his brother had no choice in the matter. One summer in Norfolk, Pat had met a young boy who was playing alone on the beach. His name was Danny. Pat and Danny remained good friends till the day. Danny had been the only one that Pat had told he was leaving Philly. Danny didn't try to stop him, Pat, at all. All he said was, I got nothing but love for you, brother. And indeed he did. Pat parked at the boardwalk. He left his things and sauntered down to the beach. The moonlight reflected in the ocean, which made it look like there was a giant marble sphere in the water. The beach was empty, and the crashing of the waves was the only sound. That and the buzzing from the hundreds of miles of fuel injected roaring the road demanded. The beach was mostly empty at this time of night. There was a young couple, several hundred meters to Pat's left, sitting as much on one another as they were on the sand. In the dark, they looked like one giant shadow, with neither of the participants well outlined. Pat took off his boots and rubbed his toes in the sand. It was cool and moist. The humidity pulled sweat out of his skin despite the chill. The salt water in the air smelled sour in a way that let him know the beach was alive. Pat hated beaches. He hated sand. He hated salt water. He hated being outside. He liked running on city streets and lifting weights at the gym. Nature was not his thing. This night was different, though. This night, this thing he normally hated, he embraced it, soaking in every ounce of darkness. This place that is often a symbol of romance was his empty studio. The calm cleared his mind and only the best thoughts danced through his head. Happy memories, moments of love, moments of excitement, the time he and Timothy had first danced, the time they last danced, every time they danced. The sun rose early, 
Pat was awoken by the sound of seagulls calling as they hovered over the surface of the water looking for a breakfast. Maybe a fish who had gotten too brave and like Icarus swam too close to the sun. His clothes were soaked from the overnight dew. It was physically uncomfortable feeling. A sticky denim clung to his legs, exacerbating the tough quality of the material with every movement of his body. A shirtless, gray-haired man with a belly that looked like he hadn't missed a meal in decades was walking by the waterline with a metal detector. He stopped to examine something, and then after deciding it wasn't worth keeping, he skipped it onto the water. Pat made his way back to the vehicle. It was early enough. Only life's most ambitious were awake. So he changed into his alternate pair of pants right there in the parking lot. Little pieces of asphalt stuck to his foot and he brushed them off before redonning his boots and setting out for the day. He didn't know the location he was going, but he knew where he was headed. Towards the sunsets. His journey was pointed at where days end, and maybe that's where he'd stay until his days ended. He wasn't sure. He wasn't happy or sad. He was moving. And that's all he could ask of himself right now. To stay would have been death. To go was unknown. So many people stay because they don't believe in death. A truth which ultimately answers all questions, and people turn from that truth. Pat wasn't asking any more questions. He was writing a new story. He passed a mile marker that said 200 miles to Durham. He didn't know how far he was from his past. He couldn't remember how long he'd been institutionalized or even where. He didn't remember the letters or the dance steps. He didn't remember the tears of the fights. He didn't remember any of it. Pat didn't remember how long it had been since he'd gone on his first date. He knew it would be the same amount of time before he went on his next one. All right. Short and sweet. Let's, uh... All right, you know the deal. We'll be here next week. We will be here next week. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, we'll uh, see you down the road at NXLC or... He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane Keeping energy really messes with his brain One is divorced, the other's husband is dead That's why they're so both messed up in the head It's a Silver Linings Playcast Oh yeah